verses 21 and 22 of Matthew chapter 27. The governor answered and said unto them, Which of the two will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. This is one of the most convicting encounters that an individual could ever have had with the Christ of God. For Pilate, the Roman governor, was increasingly being convinced of the innocence of the person who had been arraigned before him. And Pilate could not banish from his mind the majesty, the unostentatious majesty of this mysterious person who claimed to be the king of the Jews. We see in these narratives, in the four gospels, vain and futile attempt to rid himself of the dilemma in which he was placed. He wanted to get rid of Christ. This is the supremest challenge which he ever experienced in all his governorship. First of all, he resorted to the subterfuge of ascending the Lord Jesus to the palace of Herod, hoping thereby that Herod would dispose of him. Ah, but when Herod had satisfied his personal curiosity concerning Christ, he returned the Lord to the judgment hall of Pilate, much to Pilate's consternation. For Pilate, there was no escaping the personal challenge of the Lord Jesus. are filled with a narrative relating to individuals who find themselves in the presence of the Lord Jesus, challenged by his holiness, challenged by his claims, confronted by him 
who laid claim to being the Son of Almighty God. I wonder, have you ever had that experience of being personally challenged and confronted and encountered by the Lord Jesus Christ? It may be that this very evening, this will happen to you. You cannot keep on attempting to evade the Lord Jesus. Attempting to shelve the question, the issue of your personal salvation. Leaving it until a more convenient season as a Felix desired it to do. Ultimately, individuals must face up to this crucial issue of a personal salvation. And my dear people, in my pastoral experience, I have had to minister to individuals individuals who were lying at the point of death when a human health was totally unavailing. And sometimes those are sick people filled with medicines and drugs who did not concentrate to listen to the words of mercy and of salvation. One individual told me in broken sentences that there was a time when he could have listened to such words, but now no longer. was once again confronted with the Savior of sinners. And his great dilemma was this, what shall I then do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? Christ is either to be received rejected. The mind of Pilate was undergoing extreme torture. This man was in a mental agony. And it wasn't the fact that he had to give an account of these proceedings to the emperor in Rome, but rather there was dawning upon his darkened soul this conviction that he must give account of himself to Almighty God. 
what is he to do? Whose counsel is he to consult? Whose advice is he to request? He is altogether solitary in his dilemma. And so are we in this matter of the salvation of the soul. We must face up to this individually and personally. We cannot place the responsibility of our own personal salvation on any other human being to tell us what to do or to do it for us. This is something that is crucial, critical to ourselves. Only we can resolve this. And Pilate's mental agony and torture is increased by the sharp pangs of conscience, for he knows that the accusers of Christ have arraigned him before Pilate out of sheer envy. Multitudes, you see, had followed the Nazarene, the teacher come from God. They had incredulously watched his miracles, they hung upon his words. Increasingly, many were receiving the teachings of the Lord Jesus. This infuriated the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees. And they deliberately concocted false accusations against the sinless Savior. And Pilate saw through that. He knew that the accusations were groundless and that it was out of envy and spite and jealousy that they had brought forward the Lord Jesus on a trumped-up charge. workings of his own mind saw another glimmer of light and hope by which he could dispense with this problem. And he remembered that according to Jewish custom and law, the people at the time of the Passover feast day usually asked for the release of some offender from prison. They did this because it reminded them of their release from captivity in the land of Egypt. On the night of the Passover, you remember, they were released from the taskmasters and the fury of a pharaoh. And so the Jews, without any divine approval, they did this off their own back. They established this custom that 
any offender. Held in captivity in Israel could be chosen to be released as a reminder of their own redemption out of Egypt. And all at once, Pilate remembered this custom, and he grasped at it as of that which might deliver him from his own terrible dilemma in which he found himself. And so he said to the Jews, you have a custom that there should be released unto you a prisoner. who were held in custody, especially those who were awaiting execution. And the most notorious of them was Barabbas. of conscience 
on the voice of the world. Pilate stifled his conscience calling upon him. He allowed it to be drowned by the voice of the multitude. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? A most momentous question, which requires a destiny-sealing answer. It was just at this juncture that a messenger breathlessly arrived in the judgment hall of a pilot, bringing with him a message from Pilate's wife containing a solemn warning to Pilate which made far more acute the agony of his distracted mind. For his wife told him, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things in a dream because of him. You think of that. undergoing such agony of mind and his wife also in the dead of night in the slumber of sleep she is profoundly disturbed by the spirit of God impressing upon her heart and mind the innocence of a Jesus of Nazareth. Undoubtedly, the Lord Jesus had been a topic of conversation within the household of a Pontius Pilate. And his wife, dwelling upon this subject, strangely her awake, disturbed her sleep, disturbed her conscience. But Pilate, so far gone was he in stifling the voice of his own conscience, was heedless to the warning of his wife. The mob to take the matter out of his hands, and although he had the power of Rome behind him, and was therefore able to enforce his own decision over the voice of the people, he did not do that. He yielded to the mob. And instead of listening to the voice of conscience, which is indeed the voice of God. He listened to the voice of man. He yielded to the multitude. Calling for a basin of water, he symbolically washed his hands in it and told the multitude, I wash my hands of this. See ye 
of the atoning death of the Lord Jesus in the place of a sinner. If Jesus had been set at liberty, Barabbas would have died under judgment. He would have been irremediably ruined for eternity. But if Jesus is condemned to death, then Barabbas is free. He is redeemed. He is saved. He is set at liberty. My dear friends, all of us in that relationship. We are all transgressors condemned to eternal death and to separation from God. The penalty and the curse of a broken law must be visited upon the sinners. Sinners are all in the condition and the position of the condemned Barabbas. But it is Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who is put to death, who is condemned. And it was Barabbas who was freed and saved. And as things turned out so favorably for Barabbas, they turn out favorably and graciously and savingly for the individual who trusts in Jesus, who died for him in his place. If the people and the Pilate had agreed effectually to liberate the Lord Jesus, And if they had executed Barabbas, then that would have spilt the funeral knell of the whole human race. But God has so ordered it that the affair took a different turn. For the outcry of the people to crucify Jesus became the trumpet sound announcing God's way of salvation and how sinners could be redeemed from the penalty of a sin. Barabbas and Jesus exchange places and both mutually inherited each other's situation. And for Barabbas, in place of his guilt, he received grace, and his guilt was transferred to the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, let it burn through our souls tonight, this truth of the gospel, that Christ was made a sin for us, he who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in his. See in Barabbas' liberation the possibility 
of your own redemption. For left to ourselves, we are hopelessly lost. But when position is exchanged with Christ, our redemption is sealed. Let us then see our reflection in Barabbas. No matter how vile the sinner, it is written, Christ died for, that is, in the place of, the ungodly. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And bearing shame and the scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Barabbas was released because Jesus entered into his place. And it is this that invests the gospel with such grace and blessing and glory that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And to the soul that trusts in the Lord Jesus who died in the place of sinners Against that soul, no accusation, no allegation can ever be raised or leveled. Because of Christ's rejection, sinners who trust in him can now be admitted into the favor of God Almighty. Substitution was made for sinners upon the cross of a Calvary. But think for a moment of the messenger who went to the dark dungeon in which Barabbas was held. Can you hear those rusted bolts being drawn back and the dungeon door swinging open with some noise and the messenger Proclaiming liberty to the captive Barabbas. Can you see that man shielding his eyes against the sudden surge of sunlight that enters his dungeon? Lighting up the darkness in which he was shrouded. And the voice of the messenger telling him, You are at liberty. You are free. You may go. Another has taken your place. Another has accepted the condemnation that belonged to you. Another is going to die in your place. Do you see the truth of that? Upon a life I did not lose. Upon a death I did not die. Another's life, another's death. I stake my whole eternity. The prophet Isaiah tells us 
prophetically of the anointing of Christ to preach the gospel and to proclaim liberty to the captive and reflect that this is a picture of the evangelist and the minister of the gospel declaring and preaching and proclaiming the glad tidings that Christ has died in the stead of sinners. Jesus himself said, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. May God help you to see clearly this, the truth of the gospel, that Christ entered into your place and he suffered the condemnation that should have fallen upon you and upon me. He took it to himself and he died under the stroke of God's wrath that we might not die eternally. Ah, but to get the benefit of that, we have got to believe in Jesus Christ. We have got to go to him. We have got to receive him. We have got to identify ourselves with him. We have got to call upon him for his mercy and his grace. But Jesus gives to us this reassuring message. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. It is my privilege to tell you tonight that if you thus recognize the Lord Jesus as your Savior, as the one who died for you, and if you believe into him savingly, it is my privilege to tell you, as the messenger told Barabbas, you are free, you are saved, condemnation has been lifted from you. You are at liberty. You may go. Let us pray. O oh God, our Father, how can we ever sufficiently praise Thee that Thou hast loved us with a redeeming love? And that the Lord Jesus, the Son of Thy right hand, and the Lord of glory should have laid aside his own place in heaven to have come to earth to stand in our place to stand condemned for us and to die for us under the sentence of thy wrath exposed against sin. Help us to understand this clearly, O God. Not only understand it, but to receive the truth and to believe it heartily and warmly and to acknowledge the Lord Jesus into our hearts and lives as our own personal Savior and Redeemer. Bring home with this word, with all its power and force, 
by the applying ministry of thy Holy Spirit, bring it home to our souls, causing those who already know Jesus as Savior to rejoice all the more in thy saving grace, causing those who hitherto have not known thy forgiveness and thy salvation to close now with the offer of mercy. And this we ask in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.